Today, I'm excited. We are going to wrap up this series, Asking for a Friend, and I think families is one of the most important topics that that we could talk about. We recognize this when we moved here six years ago, that this was a community in New Tampa and Wesley Chapel that was overflowing with young families, and we felt like one of the biggest reasons that we were called to this community was to impact the family. Because I believe that everything in culture uh, is rooted in what happens of the family, whether it's good or bad. Uh, Oftentimes, what we see dysfunctional in our culture is because of a breakdown and because of a lot of the dysfunction in our family. Anybody use a little help with your family today? Okay, I just wanted to see who was being honest, all right? The rest of you, all the perfect people, welcome. We're so honored to have you. Jen, we, it's just for us today, all right, man? Man, we, we recognize this, that, that we're broken and we're all on a journey. We're all trying and, and living to be more and more like Jesus. And that's what today is all about as we talk about family. And today, this morning, I want to talk about five ways to build a strong family. And I, I believe these, these truths, these virtues, these values because if you're single in the, in the place or newly married or whatever situation or season of life you're in, I believe these are five values that can shape the family, but I believe actually these five values could shape your business. These are five values that could change the culture of your team or your marriage or any situation of your life. And so we're going to dive in together. Go ahead and grab your notes if you got them, and we'll follow along as we share God's word this morning. Proverbs 24, verse 3, we'll kick it off with this key thought, and then we'll dive in today. It says this, the, the wisest man in all the world, he, he wrote these words and said, it takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. You know, I don't know how you are if you're a parent in the room, but it's amazing how one day I can feel like the greatest dad in all the world, and I'm 30 seconds away from chaos. <laughs> Anybody else in the room like me? You know, you, for a moment, you feel like, you know what, we've got this thing. I, I mean, it's, it's a balancing act, and, and two minutes later, you feel like, oh, my, I'm, my word, I've, I'm raising a bunch of hellions, you know, and, and family can be so difficult, and I think there's a, a, a lot of breakdowns, but I want to give us three breakdowns that I believe are, are some of the biggest when it comes to the dysfunction and, and even the chaos in our family. If you're taking notes, number one is this, it's brokenness. Brokenness is one of the biggest barriers and breakdowns in our family and in our relationship. It's, it's, it's the reason why we have a lot of the dysfunction we do. It's because we learned it wrong and now we're living it wrong. Oftentimes in our families, we learned it wrong and, and we're just modeling what we learned we're living out the dysfunction of maybe the family that we grew up in. I'll illustrate it for you. I love music, everybody. I love music. You know, I especially love music when I get in the car. I don't know if you're like me. I love turning on the radio or Spotify. I like jamming when I'm in the car. What I enjoy even more than just listening to music in the car is at red lights looking at other people <laughs> listening to music. Have you done this like me? Oh, come on. Don't you love that moment when you're stopped at a red light and you catch somebody that has just found their favorite song on the radio? Oh, come on. They're going all like Mariah Carey. I got the hand up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah. You know, they're they're having a moment. 
and you're doing your best to make sure they don't see you, you know, and when they turn, you're like, no, I wasn't looking at you. Come on, it's great. I know growing up, we lit, man, our family, we were a big music family, and we listened to music in the car all the time. It's amazing how, you know, growing up, when you're listening to music, and you start to hear songs, you just start singing the lyrics and learning the lyrics that you think the song is saying. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I could go on and on of songs that I thought went a certain way only to find out, wait, that's not the words to that song. Could I give you just one example this morning? And I'm going to go Christmas on you, all right? I mean, since it is below 70 this morning, we might as well be in the Christmas spirit here. Walking in a winter wonderland. Come on. Walking in a winter wonderland. You know that one, don't you? I mean, it's classic, classic. You know, I I mean, in the meadow, we're going to build a a snowman, all this good stuff, you know. Later on, we'll perspire as we dream by the fire. For years, this is what I thought the words were because when you're sitting by a fire, you sweat, you know? (laughs) This is what you do by a fire. And then somebody told me, no, Wes, it's not perspire, it's conspire. To which I thought, what does that mean? (laughs) Later on, we'll conspire. Let me tell you what conspire means. To make secret plans jointly to commit an unlawful or harmful act. What kind of Christmas song is this? <laughs> Later on, we'll sit by the fire thinking of ways we can hurt somebody. Hey, eggnog for everybody. Come on. <laughs> and we sing it the way we heard it. You're like, where are you going right now? In our families, I think it's the same way. Oftentimes, we're living it the way we learned it. The dysfunction and the brokenness in our family is not intentional. It's just the way that it was, and we think that's normal. And I'm here to say to somebody, that may have been the way it was, but it's not the way it has to be in your family today. You don't have to live broken anymore. Listen, you might have grown up in abuse, but you can change the cycle and you can move from abuse to wholeness in Jesus' name. Hey, your daddy may have been an alcoholic, but you don't have to live in that bondage anymore. Somebody needs to walk in freedom this morning. You may have learned the song that way, but you've got a new song in Jesus' name today. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's, let's not live it the way we learned it. Let's live it the way that we know that God created it to be. Let's live in wholeness, not brokenness. I think that's one of the biggest breakdowns. The second one is baggage. Baggage is a huge one. It's the issues of life that we're dealing with. I think unforgiveness is a huge one. I think discontentment is another huge one. Man, we're, we're, we're so trying to keep up with the person next to us. I think the comparison trap in our families is so, so dangerous. We see family, oh man, they're taking a vacation. We gotta go do that. We got, man, they're buying their kids all these Christmas. We gotta buy all our kids these Christmas presents. And we're working so hard to keep up with somebody and something, a, a, a cultural relevancy or a, a status quo that ultimately is destroying the joy that God has placed inside our family. We, we, we've lost contentment. 
And we're carrying this baggage that God never intended us to carry. I think another one is, is busyness. It's brokenness. It's baggage. And it's busyness. It's just the pace of life that's robbing us of the joy of our family. And when I think about my family and the, and the moments that we had growing up, you know, the things that I look back on, I don't, I don't remember the toys, everybody. I don't re- remember the stuff. I remember the time that they invested in me. Man, I remember the, the, the times that mom and dad would come out and watch me play baseball out on the field. Let me tell you, my parents were pastors, but they, when, when they got out to the baseball field, everybody, <laughs> the pastor hat came off. Listen, my mom could scream like nobody's business. And I'm telling you, the, the referees, they hated my dad. I mean, I'm like, Dad, oh, my goodness, are you going to go to jail today or what? I mean, like, you know, he's telling the, the umpire that he's blind, you know. And I'm over in the dugout. I'm like, Dad, you're talking about the guy's mom. I mean, my goodness gracious. No, he didn't do that. But seriously, my, my, my parents, they were, they were so invested and is so passionate about our lives. And, you know, and I remember there were moments where my dad as a pastor would, we had Wednesday night church. You know, back in, back in the day at church, it wasn't like Sunday morning. No, we, we did church like almost every night. I mean, I mean it was elders meeting. It, it was Wednesday night. It was Thursday night choir practice. It, we were, we, I mean, we were just church all the time. And I remember how intentional my dad was because it was Wednesday night baseball games a lot of times. And, and I remember so often that my dad would, would make sure that he had those nights covered so that he could be out, so he could miss church to be with me on the baseball field. You, you know, I don't remember a lot of the stuff, but I remember the time that he invested in me. Let me ask parents, what are we doing to be intentional about the time we invest in our families? Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. I think the reason this is a struggle for us is that in the culture we live, we find our identity in what we do instead of who we are. Could I say it again? Because it's true. We find our identity in what we do instead of who we are. uh, it's, it, everybody, it's more about our being than our doing, investing our time, knowing, man, life, life is short. We're not taking the stuff with us, but the things that we do for those kids in that cafeteria could last a lifetime, an eternity. And so today, how do we build a life, a family that, that can make a huge impact, a, a family where our kids can grow up and serve and love God and be passionate about his church and and. and Regardless of the waves of life, they're going to keep their focus on Jesus. Today, I just want to give us five truths that bring encouragement to us, and then we'll wrap it up and go have a good time this morning. Number one is this, family essential. Number one is we show honor. We show honor. I think this is one of the biggest ones. It's so important, everybody, that we show honor. We honor God in our life. We place him first. In our family, we make a decision that God is above everything. He's our priority. He's our priority in our marriage. And so we model this for our kids. How do we model it? We model it by seeking him first, by spending time together in prayer. We, we do devotions together. We, we spend time at church together honoring him. We teach our, our kids to put God first in every single area of our life. 
we show honor to God, and then secondly, we show honor to people. We believe the best about people. Oh, I could preach on this one all day because this is a tough one, everybody. I heard one guy say, you know what? What we should be doing is putting a tin on everybody's forehead and realizing that they were created in the image of God. What if we looked at every person in our life and spoke blessing over their life, encouragement? You know what honor is, everybody? It's just, it's the value that we assign someone or something. Let me say it again, honor. It's the value that we assign to someone or something. Let me illustrate it for you. Three and a half years ago, Jen's great-grandmother went to be with Jesus, Mammy. Before we were married, we had been dating for a while. She, she let me know that about her sweet great-grandparents. Her great-grandfather had already gone on to be with Jesus. And she let me know their name. Everybody, her great-grandparents' names were Hurtis and Murtis. I'm not kidding. When she told me that, I said, yeah, uh, um, mine are, 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 you know, Teddy and Betty. Come on, you know. Hurtis and Murtis, everybody. And, and Hurtis went on to be with Jesus before Murtis. And so when, when Mammy went to, to, to be with the Lord three and a half years ago, all the family started just, you know, dividing all her stuff. And I remember one day I went and helped my, my brother-in-law, Caleb, get a dresser from Mammy's house and took it over to his house and we got it over there and uh, set up in their bedroom. And that night, while they were going through the drawers, cleaning stuff out, kind of reorganizing things, they heard something drop in the back of that dresser. I thought, my goodness, what is that? And they looked in the back of those drawers, and there had fallen to the bottom a stack of $100 bills. Oh, Sister Murtis had been hiding some money from her husband. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> she got caught, but she was dead, so it didn't matter. It's all good. <laughs> and I, re- <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember that Caleb and Kendall were so sweet. They, they, you know, they just spread the love amongst all the family, and so they passed out a hundred to everybody. I remember getting that hundred dollar bill. Who knows how old that hundred dollar bill was, or how long it had been sitting there? It was frail as can be. And I remember just, you know being so careful not to rip it or mess it up. And I took it. I, I kind of wondered when I took it to the bank if they would even accept it. And I remember that lady looking at me and she said, well, it's a $100 bill. It's worth $100. And I had this God moment right there as I got $100 in my bank. That the value of that 100 wasn't based on what it had been through. The value of the $100 was was based on what it was created to be. You hear me today, church? Listen, some of us are treating our family based on what they've been through or what they're doing or the mistakes they've made instead of who God intended them to be. You wanna see somebody reach their full potential in Jesus Christ? Begin to assign the value that the heavenly father, the God of all creation created them for and watch them rise to their greatest potential. Man, it'll happen in Jesus' name. Assign value to it. Honor it. Place it above ourselves. We, we, honor, we honor people. Romans 12, verse 9 and 10 says, don't pretend just to love each, each other. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Show honor. Number two, 
Build confidence. Build confidence. Everybody, parents in the room, hear me today. We gotta make a decision that we're not gonna let our kids' identity be built on Instagram. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna let your value be built on how many likes you get on a picture of yourself. When you were created by a loving heavenly father, we live in a jacked up culture, everybody. There's never been a greater time that we need to speak the love of Jesus into our family, into our wife, into our husband, into our kids, because the world is constantly cutting us down, tearing us down, building our value based on a filtered image of ourselves. No, your identity is going to be built on, on who you are in Jesus Christ. Man, that you're the head and not the tail, that you have uh, amazing potential inside of you. No matter what the world says, I believe the best about you. I'm gonna be the one to build confidence in you, not cut you down. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Our, our, Our identity is built in who Christ has created us to be, so we build confidence. One of the ways that we do this is we pour love into our families. Let me ask today, parents, have we taken the time to discover what our kids' love languages are? What is the way that that your kid receives and gives love? This is is not just an activity that Gary Chapman built for married couples. No, this is a powerful tool that your eight-year-old needs to understand right now is how to give love and how to receive love. And when we start to understand their love languages, man, we can start to pour into them in the ways that God designed them and uniquely created them to be. Is this, is this resonating with you this morning? We, we build their confidence. We grow them. I love what Psalm 139 says. It talks about how we are created. You made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's womb. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. And here's what's powerful. Look what it says. And I know this very well. I think this is the part we struggle with. Do do they know it very well? When, when, When they have relationships that they know they shouldn't be in, but they're drawn away because they're looking for love or they're looking for somebody to like them. Do they know that they have a family that they can go back to? And, man, that's, that's the place of refuge. That's the place of safety. Man, this is where I find my strength. This is where I find my identity is right here in the safe place. This is where my confidence is built. Number three, so we show honor, we build confidence. Number three, we speak life. We speak life, everybody. Ephesians 4.29, look what it says. It says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Man, we find ways to encourage, to build each other up, to recognize that our words are so powerful. You know, as, a word, as long as a word stays inside, it's your master, but as soon as you let it out, it's your slave. Our, our words are powerful, everybody. You know, my, my youngest boy, Ben, I'll share a little quick story with you. You know, there's every moment, moments where you just got to kind of celebrate that you feel like you're doing something right as a dad. And we had this kind of moment this week. We were outside, and, and I was riding bikes with the boys, just having a good time. And 
Jen was running an errand about 6.30, and we were about to come in, and, and, and she gave me this look, and as she rolled down the window, she said, when I get home, would you just make sure that, that everybody else smells a lot better than they are right now? And uh, so we're making our way inside, and I, I stopped the boys. I said, guys, you head straight to the shower. No, no, no entertainment, no, no uh, playing games. Get to the shower. You stink, you know? And uh, I said, I'm, I'm going to stay out here. I want to blow the leaves off, man. The, the driveway's looking rough. And my, my youngest, Ben, he looked at me. He said, Dad, you don't stop, do you? I said, where are you going with this? He said, actually, Dad, my seven-year-old, he said, you know, you're kind of like the Apostle Paul. He, he said, you remember when the Apostle Paul got shipwrecked? Man, he didn't stop because he got shipwrecked. He kept going, Dad, you're like the Apostle Paul. You know what I thought? I said, son, what do you want right now? Listen, whatever you want, you can have it right now. Now get in that shower and get cleaned up. Man, you know what? There's something so powerful about a small word of encouragement that brings life to somebody else. Man, what are we doing with our words? How are we encouraged? How are we in blessing? How, How are we speaking life into other people? Let's not let unwholesome words come out of our mouth, but words that encourage, words that bless. You know, oftentimes we can tell the kind of words that we're speaking because it'll attract life or death around us. Just look at the people that you're, you're around and you could tell the kind of words that you say. Let's speak life into people's lives. Number four, we teach truth. We teach truth. We need to understand this, everybody, that while we teach truth, there's a lot more that's caught than there is this taught. All right. There's a, there's a lot more that's caught and it's taught. You know, oftentimes I look at the boys and think, man, where did you learn that? Where did you say that? Or I'll look at them and I go, man, you know, what am I doing wrong here? Because I recognize that they're seeing something in, in me. Let, me. let me ask you today. Moms and dads, how are we modeling what we believe about the truth of God's word? How are we modeling? I, I give you a few thoughts. When it comes to our kids, are they seeing in us the way to cherish our wife and cherish our husband? Are they seeing in us an example of how to handle money in a healthy way? Are they seeing in us how to turn a house into a home, a life that's life-giving, a home that's life-giving? If our kids could see our thoughts, are they the kind of thoughts that we would want them thinking? If they're seeing the way that we love God and spend time with Jesus, are we modeling for them a life that's pursuing and hungry for God? Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7 says this, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Man, the the God's word flows so freely in our family that when we deal with situations and circumstances in our life, the first thing we run to is God's word. We we run to those virtues that that our kids were talking about this morning. I'm I'm gonna be kind. I'm gonna be passionate for God's kingdom. I'm gonna do what's right And number five, as we wrap it up this morning, is we give grace. We give grace. 
We show honor, we build confidence, we speak life, we teach truth, and we give grace. We make this decision, everybody, that our home is gonna be a place for second chances. I love my mom. She, she had a saying that she's put on so many different magnets and we've, we've said this as a family. <coughs> Today is a day to begin again. That's, that's been one of her biggest mottos in our family and our life. Today is a day to begin again, that, that we will be a place of second chances. I remember a couple years ago, I was driving with the boys and I just had this moment as a dad where I let my frustration get the best of me. And, and I was, I'll be honest, I was angry. And I was so upset with my boys. And I had this moment where I let my flesh get, get control of me. And then I had this moment where I just humbly began to, in God's presence, recognize my sinful way. And I, and I went from lashing out at the boys to realizing how bad I had blown it. And I began to just repent to my boys. And I said, guys, I am so sorry. I am so, I have blown it. And I said, I, I just want you to know that the dad makes mistakes too. And I said, guys, would you, would you please forgive me? And of course, with all the love in, they heart, in their heart, they... I said, Dad, of course, we, we forgive you. We got home later that day, and the first thing, they walk in the door, and they said, Mom, did you know this? Dad makes mistakes. <laughs> of course, she was shocked, you know, as well. She couldn't, she couldn't believe it. So she turned her whole world around. <laughs> but we worked through it. Man, we've gone through some rough times as a family, almost 15 years of being married. Some low moments, some great high moments, some moments that we would never want on the screen behind me. And we're here today, recognize this, not because of our goodness, but because of God's grace. And we've just made a decision that we're not gonna let the dysfunction of our past define our future. Do you hear me today, church? Some of you in the room this morning need to make a decision. I'm not gonna let the dysfunction of yesterday define where God wants to take my family. I'm not gonna let my broken marriage, my past, my anger problem, anything in my past destroy or define who God wants me to be. I'm living in the now and I'm living in the grace of God today. I'm gonna walk in God's grace. Man, this is gonna be a house of second chances. This is gonna be a family. This is gonna be a marriage where today we make the decision. Today is a day to begin again in Jesus' name. If you believe it, would you say amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads as we close today?